as I said at the start of the service yesterday, January the 6th was the Feast of the Epiphany, which we choose to celebrate today, the nearest Sunday. Epiphany means manifestation, usually with a, with a sort of tone of suddenness to that manifestation and an added sense that uh, what is being made known is the essential nature or meaning of the thing in question. Think in terms of an epicentre that has the sense of being at the very centre, doesn't it? Similarly, an epiphany has a sense of uh, seeing what is at the very heart of that which be, is being made manifest. The thing in question on the Feast of the Epiphany, of course, uh, is the infant Jesus. And what's being revealed is perhaps most succinctly put by the words that accompany today's collect in our book of Common Prayer. The manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. Because the wise men, or astronomers, or magi, choose your preferred terminology as you wish. They are the first non-Jewish people, Gentiles, to whom the coming to the earth of the infant Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the one who comes to save, to whom uh, uh, that is made known. The epiphany is the moment at which God come to earth in human form is revealed not only to the Jewish people, but to all of humanity. God's design in and through the person of Jesus is revealed. Now we understand. We're familiar, of course, from our carol services, many of them, uh, with the passage from St Matthew's Gospel that Janet has kindly just read to us. The story of the Magi is as central to the account of the Christmas story as is that of the shepherds in Luke. And it's wonderful and joyous that we join together in the Christmas season to celebrate in such variety the whole Christmas narrative. But I think that in many ways there's something uniquely special about the coming of the Magi to the infant Jesus. Many traditions and storytelling elaborations have accreted to Matthew's account of the Magi following the star sign to Bethlehem. He, famously, never actually tells us that there are three of them, only that there are three treasures that they gave to the infant. It's definitely not clear that they arrived at the time of Jesus' birth, rather than in the months after. And there's certainly never any biblical naming of them as Caspar, Balthazar and Melchior. There are indeed extraordinary representations of them in art, uh, perhaps most famously in the palace of the Renaissance, uh, of Renaissance Florence's ruling family, the Medici. An entire chapel is frescoed with the retinue of the three kings, all in lavish attire. Uh, fantastic animals accompany them. And in the case of several of the most important figures, they bear features suspiciously similar to those of the most prominent family members of the Medici themselves, those who paid for the artwork. 
But today I'm glad that all of our church's Christmas tree, all of the Christmas decorations, the foliage, the candles that covered the church have been taken to one side in accordance with tradition, of course. And that, although uh, I have to ask your forgiveness a little bit for retaining it one day longer than perhaps it's supposed to be out, we simply have the stable before us. Sorry, choir, you'll have to imagine round the corner, won't you? Because that allows us to concentrate on the infant in the manger, his loving parents, and those who've come in fulfilment of Isaiah's prophecy in our first reading from afar. As people who knew nothing of God, but to whom he had nevertheless reached out his hand of grace, who, in the words of the carol, came to show their adoration of him. It allows us to get to the heart of the message of the Magi for each one of us. Although not all of the three figures in our crib is kneeling at the moment that they are frozen in time. There are a couple of shepherds on their knee and one uh, king, I think, uh, having looked earlier although they're not all on their knees. Matthew is clear that they all, when they saw the child with his mother, Mary, bowed down and worshipped him. Jesus, even the tiny infant in the manger, calls every man and woman and child. The Magi across the huge distances, they travelled from the east, us across two millennia. Christ calls each one of us to bow down and worship him as Lord over our lives, as the one to whom we dedicate ourselves in loving service, just as he came to serve each one of us. And famously, the Magi came bearing their gifts, three gifts that speak to us of the nature of the one to whom they are given, recognising these attributes in him and of the way in ways in which he himself is a gift to each one of us. The first gift, of course, is gold, symbol of kingship. Jesus comes to us not only as the tiny infant, but also as Lord over all the earth. He brings the transformative power of the kingdom of God into the world in his lifetime. And through the presence of God's Holy Spirit left with us when he ascended once again to be with his heavenly father. And the nature of his kingship is one of justice, of righteousness, of compassion. Before he will come again at the end of time as the conquering and victorious king of eternity. So first, the gold of kingship. And then second, frankincense for Jesus the priest. Incense was offered in Jerusalem's temple by Israel's priests as they interceded for the people. As they, um, uh, so the uh, Jewish people believed they acted as the ones connecting God himself with those who believed in him. But Jesus comes to fulfil that role, the great high priest, as he's referred to in the letter to the Hebrews, and to be the one who represents us perfectly before God. We are therefore able to approach God ourselves, 
ask his forgiveness and be reconciled with him despite all that we may have done. First, the gold of kingship. Second, the frankincense of priesthood. And third, the myrrh of the prophet. Myrrh was used to prepare dead bodies for funerals. In the person of Jesus are fulfilled the words of Israel's prophets who predicted that one would come to serve and to suffer and ultimately to die in order that each one of us might have access to eternal life with him and with his father, our heavenly father. Myrrh presages that death on the cross but also the resurrection that followed. These three gifts of the Magi, gifts to honour Christ and also to reveal Jesus, gifts held in worship in their hands. We, like the Magi, are each called to worship. Do we, I wonder, however, too often come to God not for what we can give, but for what we can gain. What do we already hold in our hands, gifts already given to us from him that Christ calls us to offer once again to him? Although we will join together to sing it in a moment, I suggest that a sense of what Jesus has already given to us is much greater than the words of Christina Rossetti's carol, What can I give him, poor as I am? That, of course, has a sense of uh, of true humility in its poverty. But but I think sometimes we interpret that as as not being given uh, the sense of riches that we all already have. The American pastor and author Rick Warren poses us these questions in this regard. What is in your hand? What is your identity? What is your income? What is your influence? But he continues both in challenge and in reassurance to us. If you will take it and give it to Jesus, he will make it come alive. He will do things in your life you could never imagine. So this morning, with all of the glitz of Christmas receded into the background, as we contemplate the simplicity of the child in the manger and the magi and their gifts, let us dwell on what they tell us about Christ's gifts to us in himself, prophet, priest and king. May we reflect not only this epiphany, but also at the start of this new year on what Jesus has already given to us, the gifts that he has placed in our hands, in our lives, in our hearts, in whatever form they may take. And may we have the courage to bring them to Christ in worship, just as the Magi did with their gifts. And may we say to him, Take my gifts, take me, use them, use me as you wish for your purposes. 
And may you, Lord Jesus, and we see as a result of these our gifts being placed into your hands the most extraordinary fruit come into being for your kingdom in our lives, in our church, and in our communities and beyond. In your holy name we pray. Amen.